how as a preacher you kind of the Lord uses his word in your own life and these passages of scripture become um, fixed points of reference that will impact you Luke chapter number five is a passage that even just recently uh, we've had the opportunity to preach from um, over the past six months I believe I've preached out of this passage twice Luke chapter number five uh, one being there with that great phrase where it says, launch out into the deep. Uh, most recently preaching a message out of verse number 11 that talks about how they forsook all and followed him. And this evening I, wanna, I want us to look a little further down in the passage and, and like to look at a phrase in the passage here and a story that we're all familiar with. It's one of those classic children's Sunday school lessons that many of you could come up here and you could teach, you could talk about. But the truth is, is that if we don't allow ourselves to truly be impacted by it, it's nothing more than just a Sunday school lesson that we've heard. May I remind you, the Bible says that we're not to be hearers of the word, but to be doers. And so often, many of us, myself included, and if you were honest with yourself, we fall all victim to the classic hear, but not do. And so this passage here is a passage that in 2005 impacted my life greatly. I was a college student. In fact, I was finishing my freshman year at Bible College and had the opportunity to travel for the whole summer. Me and one other gentleman uh, to, five other, to five churches two weeks at a time to just try to minister to them. And this passage was a passage that God had been dealing with my heart, and it was my prayer for that summer. And I challenge you that maybe this time, this year, this could be a prayer of our church. If you look with me, Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 16, the Bible says this, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. And he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thy house. And immediately he arose up before them, and he took up that whereon he lay, and he departed to his own house, glorifying God. They were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Reading that passage in 2005, and those last few words, that last saying there in verse number 26, saying this, 
we have seen strange things today. It jumped out at me. It spoke to me. God began to do a work in my life. Began to make my mind think. And it made again to make my heart desire. Oh, that I would see strange things. You know, we live in a world and a day and age where people want to see miraculous things. They want to see big events that happen. And they want to see a sign from God. And yet God is moving every day or desires to move every day in their lives and they'll miss it. May I tell you something? Nothing that we're not aware of. We've seen some strange things. Look around. Our God's good. All the time He's good. He's been so good to us as a church. I look at this building. I walked in this morning right after having been here just a few hours before and I said, it just even looks just a few, just different, just coming in just a few hours later. For those of you that helped us move last Sunday, some of you said, wow, y'all got a lot done this week. God got a lot done this week. He used his people to do it. The pastor said it, said it last night. We sat right there in those chairs and there was people working back there to put in and we took just a moment to sit down. I, I just was checking with him and he said, it's so encouraging to see the people of God moving and working this late at night. Can I tell you this? We've seen some strange things. But it's only begun. See, this, this building, it's, it's strange that something would happen and a building would collapse. And a church would say, well, we don't know the reason, but I think we're done. It's strange that they would put it up for sale and nothing would happen. It's strange that a church across town who had a property, prepared to build, wanting to move that way, would say, hey, there's this property, you've got to go see it. It's strange that we would pull on a property on a lot on a Sunday afternoon after our pastor said, let's just go by and look at it, let's just see what's there. People would come in and you see it from the outside and you might go, well, there's work that needs to be done. There's some things that need to be taken care of. But man, God could move there. God could work there. Oh, it's strange. It's definitely strange when we say, okay, we're going to go and we want to put a fourth a bid on this building and here's how much we'd like to say we can get to. It's strange when you say, let's pray about it. And it's strange when we have other churches across this nation saying, hey, we want to help you. We want to encourage you. It's strange when we have our church members saying, I have this much I'll give. It was strange. If you weren't able to be there, I encourage you to go back on our Facebook page, watch the video as those bids are standing there and you see our pastor and, and they say, okay, do it this much and, and this much and all of a sudden the people stop falling out and there's only one bidder left and it's Gateway Baptist Church. It's strange that God would give us this property. <laughs> he wasn't done there. It's not by chance, may I remind you, it is not by chance that the housing market and the property market in Clarksville, Tennessee is so high and so great that four acres that we had on Needmore Road, God would say, okay, I'll take care of that. You think you need to raise the money? You think it's going to be difficult to pay that building off? Don't worry, I've already got the property to take care of it. I'll pay your building off for you. It might be strange to us, but I'll tell you who it's not strange to. It's not strange to our God, because He is the Almighty God. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provideth. He is the God who has always been previous. The Bible is God's 
unveiling revelation of himself to us. It's progressive. It's every step of the way he's been showing us who he is. And he started in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God. God is always previous. God went ahead of us before Gateway Baptist Church was founded and formed 20-some years ago. You know what? God knew that Gateway Baptist Church on March 27th, 2022 would be meeting in this gymnasium, gathered together. And he knew the plans he had. And yes, it might be strange to everyone else, but it's not strange to God. Not only is God going to take care of our building, He's going to sell our building we were in and He's going to help us to be able to renovate it and make it and bring it up to a a place where we can all look around and say, man, praise God. Look at this flooring. As a youth director, I'm ecstatic. I see teenagers in here, young people, impacted for the cause of Christ. There's people outside those doors will say, there's some strange people in there. Yes, we are. May I remind you, the Bible says we're to be a peculiar people. We're a chosen people. Now, listen, he's chosen all who would come unto him. The Bible says, whosoever will. I'm not special. Other than that, God loves me. And guess what? You are special because God loves you. In this passage here, they seen some things and they said, we've seen some strange things. You know, this is one of the uh, miracles that's recorded in almost every gospel record. It's recorded in Matthew and Mark as well. Matthew chapter number 9, if you would quickly turn over there with me. We'll look at a few words here in this passage. Matthew chapter number 9. Verse number 8, it says, But when the multitude saw it, they marveled. I don't know about you. Many of you probably have already had the opportunity to tell people that you work with or tell your neighbors or tell your friends or tell your loved ones. Let me tell you what what God did for us. I've been able to have the opportunity to tell some of the people that I work with at UPS about what God's done here in this building. And they go, wow, that's just amazing. That's just exciting. They've marveled at it. God desired here to do something. If you will, will you also turn over just a few pages to Mark chapter number 2. Mark chapter number 2 and verse 12. Jesus speaking to the man. The Bible talks about what he has done. It says, and immediately he rose up and he took up the bed. And went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, glorify God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And you know, I was thinking about this passage of scripture, thinking about that freshman year of college, thinking about my prayer for what God would allow me to see that summer. And my prayer to God was, God, can we see some strange things this summer? My prayer for this place is not for the building. It's not for the activities. It's not for the events. It's not for the ministries that will be started. It's for the lives that God desires to change. 
It's for the sinners like me who God loves who will walk through doors and lives will be impacted and people will look at him and go, we've never seen it in this fashion. We've seen some strange things today. Our God is a good God. He's a loving God. And he is a saving God. If you'll turn back with me to Luke chapter number 5, there's three things I'd like to just point out from this passage that I think that if we'll take away with ourselves from ourselves this evening, walking into this week, walking into this month, walking into this year, this summer, that we can be reminded of some things that would help every single one of us. You know, if we all stood up and we held out a microphone and we gave you an opportunity to tell your own personal testimony or a testimony of something that God's done in your life, something that you've witnessed, we'd be here for a while talking about the strange things God's done. But can I remind you, God is not finished. He is not done moving and working. In fact, I think He desires to move more. And I think He's hindered by us. Someone was recently talking or recently posted, I guess it was on Facebook now that I think about it a little further, about, oh, look at Russia and, and all the things that are moving around and all the different situations and it's getting closer to the end times. Can I remind you, we are in the end times. It's not getting closer to the end times. We are in the end times. But I looked at him, I said, I said to a, a pastor, and I believe it was Brother Cyrus just the other day in this building, I said, it makes me laugh. In a way, because what I've been telling people is that they go, people say, well, it's, you know, it's getting closer. I don't know what the Lord is doing. I said, he's not coming back right now. I'll tell you why. Because God just did something miraculous for our church, and he desires for us to use it and move and move forward. Now, I'm not saying that God couldn't come right back right now. I'm saying if he does, even so come Lord Jesus. But God did not give us this building for us to sit here and wait for his return. God gave us this building so that we can go out and tell people, God loves you and God desires to move. Uh, Jared, the statistics you gave this morning, how many house, households was it? 400, over 400 households in a what? On Ringgold Road. On Ringgold Road, 400 addresses. That's not including, he said, the side roads and the apartment complexes. Average household these days have between three and four people per household. You do the math. If it was three, that's 1,200 people we have the opportunity to present the gospel to. On Ringgold Road, within a two-mile drive from either one end to the other, depending on traffic, if school's letting out or not. God wants to do things greater and mightier than we could ever imagine. You say... Well, what does God want to do to echo the words of our pastor? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Could God fill a gymnasium chairs all the way to the back? Could God fill an auditorium before we ever get into it? Could God outgrow this property? God can. But he has to have tools who are willing to be used. And sadly, we have so many Christians who speak willingness and sit down.
Would you look with me at this passage for just a moment as we look at some things here? I want you to see, number one, the willingness of some. Look with me at Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 19, if you will. Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 19. We'll start in verse 18. It says, Behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Look at what verse number 19 says. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they stopped and walked away. That's not what my Bible says. <laughs> my Bible doesn't say, well, they gave up. They tried their hardest. They went up on the rooftop, tore the person's house up, and decided to lower him down. Now, look, if some of you go up on this roof and put a big old hole in this roof, Brother Cyrus is going to have, he's going to come to you and say, what are you doing? No, I'm just kidding. I appreciate everyone that was on that roof just a few Saturdays ago up there so we could be in this building. I can't imagine somebody, four men, carrying a man in a bed up onto a roof, removing the roof because they believed that much. They were willing. They didn't look at that man. They didn't look at that man in that bed and said, you know what, yeah, we'll take you to Jesus. They didn't pick up that bed and carry him across town and get there and go, oh boy, what have we done? We got some obstacles. We got some things in the way. We got some difficulties we're going to have to get past. Sorry, bud, you'll have to go a different day. You'll have to find somebody else who's willing to take you to Christ. You'll have to find somebody else who's willing to go the extra mile. You'll have to find somebody else who's not afraid of crowds. You'll have to find somebody else who cares that much. I think about some Christians who they pick up that bed, they get it, and they say, hey, let's go, we'll go right now, let's say, here we are. They pick it up, and they go, and we're going to go so You mean i got to talk to somebody? I'll, I'll talk to somebody about sports or the weather or political content. Or, or whatever, I'll talk to him about anything, but talking to him about Jesus, that's just a little too far. People, I don't like people. You, you want me to do what? You want me to impact these little kids with the snotty noses for Christ? Do you understand that they wipe their boogers on me when I'm in that classroom? Yes, I understand, I've been there. You, you want me to do what? You want me to put up with teenagers? You want me to wrap my arm around a pastor and, and, and tell them that God's good and you want me to tell them about what God could do in their lives and you want me to tell them about how great it is that God loves them and has purpose for them? But they have attitudes and they roll their eyes. And if you get on to them, they're mad at you for weeks. And they talk back. I had enough of that with my own kids and I nearly made it. You know what? I don't have teenagers. Pray for me, because when my kids get to be teenagers, someone's not going to survive. <laughs> there was some willingness. And it wasn't willingness spoken with the tongue. 
It was willingness lived out with feet and willingness lived out with hands. They got up on a roof and they got down on their knees and they pulled up tiling and they strained to lower this man down in the mist. Why? Because they were willing to see Jesus do something. Would you look with me in the passage? Not only was there some willingness, this interests me. Would you look with me at verse number 20? And when he saw their faith, there was faith displayed. What's interesting to me about this is if you were to go to Matthew, if you were to go to Mark and look, the Bible says when he saw their faith. All three times, the Bible accounts about these men's faith. It wasn't the man's on the bed's faith that impacted God to move. Now, I believe he had belief because we talk about how he forgives sins. And if we compare scripture with scripture, we know that God requires faith to be pleased. We know that God requires faith in him and in him alone to forgive sins. But God also does not put anything in his scripture that he does not intend for us to know. And he said it was their faith. You know what that means? It means if we're going to see strange things, if we're going to see sinners come to know Christ as their Savior and their lives to be moved and changed, it's not their faith God wants to see. It's the people sitting in green chairs right now. It's our faith. And so oftentimes, we speak of willingness and we reference faith. Faith is not something to be referenced. Faith is something to be lived. We talk about faith. Why? Because we know the words to say. We speak about faith. Why? Because we all have the placards in our home about faith and how faith moves and how faith can move mountains. And if we had the faith of a mustard seed, the problem is, is half of us truly, truly believe it. Say, I believe it. I hope so. I pray so. Because your mustard seed faith can move a mountain. And I look at this passage of Scripture and I'm convicted. Because I ask myself, Whose lack of my faith has kept God from moving in their life? We say, well, I'll give the gospel track. I'll I'll talk to someone. I'll I'll witness to someone. And I say, oh, by by, by faith, I'm going to trust God that he'll help me at this restaurant to hand a track to this, this waitress or to talk to this person or to talk to my neighbor. And we see that neighbor. We say, hey, neighbor, how are you? I just couldn't do it. It's because we don't have the faith that God will meet us. Can I remind you something I said a little bit earlier? God is always previous. That Holy Spirit's already begun to move in the people God desires for you to talk to. He's gone ahead. He's moved. Look throughout the book of Acts. What was God doing? The Holy Spirit was moving and the disciples were coming behind just being obedient. There was willingness 
and there was faith. This is the most exciting part. Will you look with me at one last thing? All three accounts, each gospel writer, verse number 25 of this passage here says, And immediately he rose up before them, and he took up whereon he lay, and he departed to his own house, glorifying God. Here's the most exciting part. If we will be willing, and we will have the faith that we know God is true to fulfill, meaning he is the fulfillment of our faith, he receives the glory. This man gets up and he's glorifying God. Here's the really, really exciting part. You ready? Look at the next verse. And they were all amazed and they glorify God. It wasn't just the man whose lives that was changed that was glorifying God. You know who else was glorifying God? All the other sick sinner people all around him. All the skeptics. All the ones that had just said, who is this man that blasphemes God? I'll tell you who he is. He's God Almighty. And he can heal. But he can save sins. They said, oh, I don't know. Who's this guy thinks he can save sins? He looks at him and says, why do you think it's so difficult for me to look at this man and say, your sins are forgiven you? Or is it easier for me to say that or stand up and walk? But that, So you may know, arise, take up thy bed and walk. And those men's faith and their willingness to do something caused those skeptics and those sinners to glorify God Almighty. We talk about, as Christians, we talk about how all our nation is in such trouble. We talk about how the United States used to be a nation of God. We talk about how people, if they would just glorify God and give Him the rightful place. Can I remind you that if you look at this passage, that if you want to see our nation glorify God, if you want to see our politicians glorify God, if you want to see our leadership in our country glorify God, it's going to take some Christians who are, one, willing, and two, who are going to show their faith. They will glorify because I promise you this, our God will not share his glory. And he is worthy of it all. Here's my question to you, my challenge. What do you really desire? Do you desire a basketball court to play? Ministries for people? A new facility to sit in? I'll tell you what I desire. Strange things. Not by my account. By God's account. And it's going to take more than the average that we've been doing. And let me say this, and our pastor will agree. Our church, our people, our members, our family here, I wouldn't trade you for the world. You're a serving church, and I thank you that I get to be part of a church and say, the church that I'm a part of serves. You're a giving church, and I'm so thankful that I can say, the church that I attend is a giving church. I'm so thankful that I can say our church is friendly. But we have to do more. We have to be more willing. Would you press through the crowd? Would you go up on someone's roof? Would you tear up the tile? Would you strain to lower the man down? 
What about your faith? Where does it sit? Is it something we speak of? Is it a cute shirt that we wear or a pretty little sign we hang up in our house? Or is it something we can live out? Because I guarantee you and I believe our God desires to be glorified. Imagine what would happen if a group of people on a Sunday night who sit in a, audit- in a gymnasium, an auditorium, we've got to find a, a, a gymtorium or something that we can use. Some word said, you know what? I wonder what would happen in Clarksville, Tennessee. I believe God is already doing something strange. But I don't believe he's ended the strange I believe it's only just begun. But I'm afraid that if we're not careful, we'll get over here and we'll be pleased with the wood flooring and the new paint, all the work that's been done, and we'd say, okay, we've worked. Go back to sitting in our chairs. Go back to singing the same hymns the same way. Go back to teaching the Sunday school lessons the same way we've always taught them. And we'll limit the glory of God. And I don't know about you, but I say, God, may my life be used that when people see me, they don't look at me and say, He's strange. But they look at me and say, God's doing something strange in that person's life and through that person's life. Because they already look at me and say, I'm strange. Ask the teenagers. They didn't say amen. Praise the Lord. Devin, you haven't been around long enough to say amen right there, brother. (laughs) All joking aside, the people who will impact the 400 roads on 400 houses on Ringo Road are the ones who make the decision tonight God I want to see strange things would you allow me to be a part of that With heads bowed and eyes closed dear gracious heavenly father lord we love you we thank you for that as much as we desire to do something for you you desire to see the glory that much more God would you use my life would you allow there to be some strange things that happen in my lifetime all for your honor and for your glory would you move and work through me God may I be willing and when the strength fails may my spirit be willing and when my spirit is not willing God may your Holy Spirit come beside me and lead me through and God may faith not be a word that I just simply speak may be a life lived for you pray that you would go with our church now 
Jesus' name we pray.